Thank you for listening to Exoplanetary. We love making the show for you, but we rely on your support to continue. Please consider becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash exoplanetary. If you'd like to make a one-time donation, you can do that through PayPal at paypal.me slash exoplanetary. You can find links and more information at our website, exoplanetarymedia.com. Any amount helps, and we are truly grateful for your support. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash exoplanetary, Instagram at exoplanetary, and on Twitter at exoplanetarypod. Exoplanetary, the adventures of the spacefaring Wolverton family far in the future. Tonight's episode, Dying to Do Business. So, yesterday was the first day that I was able to really laugh. I saw a boy with his mother... He was just a baby, really, and he fell down right onto his bottom, just, you know, boop. (laughs) And that was the first time I'd laughed since the day that Alice died. And you know, I'd been laughing since the day that I met Alice. I always had to be the person who kept the mood light growing up, but when I got to know Alice and she was so quick and sharp and fun, we had this strange thing in common, getting involved with Exoplanetary. They hired us or rather, our brain patterns, using them to program these... They called them travelers. Little robots the size of your fist shot off into another solar system with copies of our minds and personalities. (laughs) Alice used to joke that it was like we were two moms sending our girls away to college or camp or something. It bonded us, knowing that our little travelers would be out there exploring places she and I would never see. We felt that since they would have each other, everything was going to be all right. It was going to be all right because we had each other, too. Back home. We became very close very quickly, you see. It isn't the end of the world. What are you talking about? You heard what they said. You heard what the doctor said. Advanced nanotechnology failure... It's actually pretty common. I could have hit her right in the face. We're going to have enough trouble paying for a new dose of nanotech without having to pay for the doctor's new nose. But she was so smug, this doctor. She looked right at Alice and said, It isn't unusual for the nanos to wear out or become weak with age, but that typically happens in your 80s or 90s, if ever. Do you happen to know much about your dosage? We all get nanos on the day we're born. These days, they even do it in utero if the parents have the cash. But most people get the nanobots because their parents had good benefits when they were born. If you aren't born into that sort of privilege, your parents usually just avoid having kids altogether. In order to survive in the diverse environments of the solar system, we need these tiny robots in our bloodstream, fixing all the zillions of cancers that we might develop otherwise. They can't do everything, like mend broken bones or keep us from needing to breathe oxygen, but they're fairly versatile. And the really high-end ones keep you thin and fit. Well, Doctor, I grew up on Ganymede. Oh. 
My mother worked for a news organization there, Gana Media. When her benefits were vested, she decided to have a child, knowing that there was now a safety net. But Gana Media folded by the time I was two, and we had a few hard years while Mom moved from one lousy job to another. Well, that would have been right around the time of the black market purges, many counterfeited goods. If that's what happened here, I'm amazed that the nanos worked as long as they did. So how do you proceed? Another injection? Well, it's a series of procedures. We have to remove the malfunctioning technology, allow the body to heal naturally, and then we can inject new nanotechnology. Means lots of bed rest. Just what I've always wanted. (laughs) So it's a standard procedure, something you've performed many times? Oh, yes. Again, a bit unusual at her age, but we do it all the time. See, we don't have anything to worry about. Thank goodness. Actually, I should pop out right now and let you speak to the specialist. The specialist? Wow. Thank you so much, Doctor. See you soon. Oh, man. Oh, wow. I was so ready to panic. When you got sick, I... It's going to be all right. I can't believe I'm the one comforting you here. I know, I know. I just don't know what I would do without you. I don't know what you'd do without me either. A specialist, though, and so quickly. That's real service. Seems a little too easy to me. Hello, hello. I'm the specialist. How are you today? Now, now, let me see. Which one of you is the patient? Me. I'm Alice Wolverton. Of course, yes. Patient is usually the one up on the examination table. That makes sense. Seems like the sort of thing they would cover on the first day. When can we begin the procedure, doctor? Doctor? Oh, I'm not a doctor. What gave you that impression? The fact that the doctor called you a specialist? And your white coat. I told my wife that it would just confuse people, you know. She gets these ideas in her head. What kind of specialist are you, then? I'm a billing specialist, actually. A billing specialist? Of course. Yes, yes. You see, this is a very specialized sort of procedure, and we just want to make sure that you are financially solvent beforehand. Why should that matter? Don't make a fuss. Let the woman do her job. Uh, How much does the procedure cost? Yes, yes. When you figure in the hospitalization, the blood transfusions, and the administration fees... 600 billion credits. What? (laughs) Of course it does. But she said it's a standard thing. You do it for people in their 80s and 90s all the time. Right. People who've had years to accumulate the billions of credits to pay for it. And if she can't pay for it, she can't have the nanotech? Of course not. How can you just calmly give this woman a death sentence? Come, come now. Miss Wolverton will pay for it. Everyone pays for it somehow. Not without years to save for it. So, so many ways to pay for it, though. Think about it. We're still employed by Exoplanetary, the stipend. And there's insurance. I can't believe I forgot about that. Yeah. See, stop panicking. We'll be needing to inject you with something next. Good, good. Let me factor in the insurance into this tally. Oh... Very nice. Your insurance will cover a considerable amount. How much? Ten percent. Well, seven to ten percent. That isn't considerable. I don't know. Sixty billion credits seems considerable to me. Or at least it did before today. Yeah, it's a real weight off my mind. Okay, what else can we do to pay for this? Debt is such a dirty word. But it is possible that you could take on a loan... 
How's your score? Uh, let's put it this way. My score is so low that if I were a golfer, I'd have a closet full of green jackets. <laughs> Funny joke. Let me look up your score. And... Wow. That is the lowest score I have ever seen. I haven't even done models for something this low. Um, let me check with the office. I'll be right back. What was all that, Alice? Dorothy, getting agitated is bad for you, and it's doing me no favors. When she comes back in, please, let me do all of the talking. Okay, I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry. Uh, but I am... Well, then I'm very fortunate to be with someone who cares as much as you do. Hello, hello again. Well, I've been over things with the office. Your tone isn't inspiring confidence. It isn't inspiring anything, really, except a headache. Please get to the point. Right, right. The thing is... We don't feel that this medical center is going to be able to meet your particular requirements. Meaning my credit's no good here. I did take the liberty of locating a medical practice that may be able to better accommodate your situation. As if I had no idea where you were sending me. Dorothy, let's get out of here. Where did she mean, Alice? Where are they sending us? This was the angriest I remember Alice being during the entire experience. We shuttled back home. She slept the entire time. When we got home, I helped her walk to bed, and she slept for hours and hours. She was already at the point where she was having good days and bad days. She woke up around noon the next day, smiling and energetic. She asked me, How would you like to see where I grew up? And we were off to Ganymede that very same day. Now, I'd heard all the stories about Ganymede, how it was sort of the backwoods dumping ground for all the people who couldn't really fend for themselves in space, along with all the grifters and two-bit entrepreneurs you hear about. I figured that if Alice came from there, Ganymede couldn't be all that bad. Growing up there is what made her tough. I realized that once we arrived, wandered through the shabbiest spaceport I'd ever seen, and took a transport. Not to visit her mother, but directly to the medical center. This was, I realized, the medical center that the specialist had recommended. Oh, God, this, this place smells like... <laughs> D'Souza? D'Souza? I didn't realize that carbolic soap could go rancid. Are you seriously going to let them treat you? This place looks like a dirty food court. Uh, uh, Blake? Blake? Come on, it'll be an adventure. What did I just step in? Do you see any available doctors? It's so crowded, and is it getting foggy in here? Why would it be getting foggy? No, look, that doctor is waving at us.
Oh, I think we should have stopped and bought surgical masks. Try breathing through your sweater sleeve, like this. That might help. You'll be fine. You weren't the one with the malfunctioning nanotech. Afternoon. I'm Benway. What was that you were saying about your nanotech? I've got bum nanos. I need a new injection. Do you need to download my chart? It's coming in. The connection isn't what it could be. Busy day. Ugh, this is nothing, my dear. You should come on a Friday night. Oh, I think I'm going to be sick. Nausea? Here, take this. Where did you get that pill? That was pretty quick. I didn't even see you take it out of a bottle. I don't think he had it in a bottle. Straight from the pocket. Efficient. Yeah, we do, yes, we do cut a few corners here, Miss, uh, what's it say, Miss Wolverton. But the truth is that we're very effective. And more to the point, very reasonable. I can have you out of here with your new nanotech for... <laughs> 50 million credits. Oh, gee, thanks. Why does everyone assume we have millions of credits? What do we get for 50 million credits? It's an uh, experimental procedure, a method of my own devising. The ingenuity of the application is what makes it novel. Saves from the rigors of the injection. Spinal injections are the most painful, of course. But this is taken pearls, orally, one dose. Does that work? I have a number of successful patients who have reported renewed vitality, improved strength, and an unheralded romantic vigor. Well, one can hope. You're not seriously going to do this, are you, Alice? I kind of committed to this the moment we landed on Ganymede. It's this or nothing, really. But an experimental technique? It seems too simple. And this guy... No offense, Dr. Benway, but... <laughs> he fell asleep. But thankfully, after he finished writing the prescription... Let's just take this over to the Fermista. Okay, well, putting aside that this place is a cesspool with gurneys, you don't have 50 million credits. I have what I've been saving for retirement. I have what I've been putting aside for a house, and it comes to about 50 million. But Alice, that's, that's for your old age. Newsflash, love. Without this, I won't have an old age. Wouldn't be the first time I've tapped out my savings. And not the first time I've started over, either. I won't be a pauper. There'll be another exoplanetary check next quarter. Between that and some other job, it'll be enough. Fiorentino? Fiorentino? Uh, are you Fiorentino, ma'am? No, I'm having my prescription filled. Oh, okay. I'll be your farmista today. Uh, take a seat at the first available table. Does this hospital have any walls? I think that man over there is getting an exam. No, ma'am. We're organized around efficiency. We'll get this out to you. A-S-A-P. Enjoy the show, I guess. We just sat there. Alice kept her eyes shut and I started researching. I'm a historian. When all else fails, we look stuff up. For most people... The nanotech handles a wide variety of viruses. We don't spend much time feeling ill, so we won't miss work. It's always been that way since we left Earth. It had to be that way. 
But I read about centuries ago how the different countries handled health care. I really went down the rabbit hole. I was in the middle of a history of the United Kingdom's National Health Service when I heard, Wolfie Town? Wolfie Town? Are you Wolfie Town, ma'am? No, and I'm not a ma'am either. Alice, wake up. Your medicine's here. Uh, already? Wolfie Town? Wolfie Town? It's Wolverton. Oh, Wolverton, I mean. Sorry, that was just the name they had written on your cup. Cup? You just drink it up, huh? Yes, ma'am. Please stop with ma'am. It's weird. We need to come up with a new word that isn't as annoying and oldie. That will be 50 million credits, uh, lady sir. <laughs> lady sir? <sighs> Better. Weirder. Not horrible. A good first effort. We're looking forward to your next draft. Charge it to this, please. Not every day you spend your life savings on a venti cup full of tiny robots. Speaking of which... Oof. What does it taste like? Have you ever had bubble gum? It's like, what if the color pink had a flavor? I've never liked pink. Yeah, not thrilled. Oh, look, they did write Wolfie Town on the cup. She drank it down. We went home. But in a few days, she realized that she wasn't feeling much better. A checkup from a physician closer to home revealed what we had feared. Benway's concoction had introduced nanobots into her bloodstream, but they weren't doing the job as well as was needed. The cancer was aggressive and metastasizing long before she'd taken the cure. Alice was in the same position. Only this time, she didn't even have her life savings to call upon. But somehow, she was serene. It wasn't that she'd given up, she was merely calm in the face of an impossible situation. Maybe something will present itself. Maybe it won't. I fought this pretty hard, Dorothy. I have no reason to feel like I didn't give it my all. Which was fine, but I didn't feel that I'd given much more than worry. I did some research, looked up some old friends, and finally settled on something that I thought might work. Could you dim the lights? I'm getting another headache. Alice, there's someone here I'd like you to meet. Oh, can they come back? I'm tired. Please, for me, sit up and talk to her. She's come a long way. Not really. I'm actually back on a semester break. Grace is a medical student, Alice. She thinks that she can help. She can, huh? Is she a teenager? She's a medical student. That means she's young. I'm not sure I trust a student who isn't old enough to drink. She's top of her class. Tell her your idea, Grace. Well, nanobots are normally sent in with a limited programming. Seek out diseases and eliminate them. We even have some that will eat fat cells and build up muscle cells. Those are the same as those we use in uh, livestock to allow them to survive in our zoo. Zoo? If I were to inject you with a superdose of nanos, some of them working to fix you, some of them working to fix the malfunctioning nanos, others directing traffic, that way they don't clot or otherwise make problems for your bloodstream, they'll just be, uh, excreted normally. Grace. 
Is this a common procedure? Uh, not in humans. Grace, are you studying medicine for humans or animals? Alice, hear her out. Procedures for animals are very similar to those for human patients. A vet student. It's come to this. She's top of her class, and she wants to help. Dorothy, take this poor kid home. No. No, this is for real. This could work. There's no difference between the nanos humans and animals get. Just a matter of programming. Grace can get her hands on them for free. Free? Free. We have so many at the school, nobody would miss them. I could be back here with them in the morning. Oh. Well. All right, I guess. She went along with it, but it felt like she was humoring us, like we were preschoolers playing at a tea party. When I asked her about it, she told me something sort of remarkable. The thing that you have to keep in mind, Dorothy, is that I was born fighting. Mom and I were in as dire a situation as you can be in post-Earth life without an airlock opening and sucking out all of your oxygen. We did what we could. Worked, trained, saved. I'll be honest with you. Until the exoplanetary job came around, I was never ahead a day in my life, and I never thought that I would be. At least we had some time to enjoy it, right? At least I spent a few months here where I wasn't fighting to make ends meet. But I'm tired, Dorothy. I'm so tired. And I don't have the fight in me anymore. I don't think I can do it. Of course you can do it, I said. But she was fairly convincing and I spent the next few days expecting the worst. There'd been so many emotional ups and downs, and this was the lowest of the lows. But then, something truly amazing happened. Grace showed us the readings from the flood of nanobots that she was pushing into her system. It was working. The cancer was being depleted and aggressively. She thought that in a month or two, she could even stop monitoring her— in two days, Alice even felt well enough to get up and walk around. She even cooked dinner. She was smiling, and we were laughing. This hadn't happened in months. She was in a reflective mood, and she talked about wanting to see her family. When I'm better, I should go look at my brothers. We should, Dorothy. You'd be impressed with them. They're all fairly accomplished, you know. I was the one who had the hardest time. But... For all of their success, they don't know how to deal with other people. So they'd call me, ask me what I would do. For a while, I was kind of worried that I'd be gone, that they wouldn't be able to turn to me anymore. I was thinking I'd have to tell them to turn to you from now on. And I told her that I wouldn't know what to say to three total strangers. And she said that I'd think of something. Toward the end of the night, she was nauseous, and she threw up a bit. She said that she'd just eaten too much. Feeling this good. It's hard not to want to take it all in. While I can appreciate it. But she was gone the next morning. Grace said that despite all of the progress the nano showed the day before, the cancer had either completely worn her down... Or maybe the nanos were affecting her, or maybe she had a stroke. In the end, I don't suppose it matters. 
Alice got sick. She ran out of money. She couldn't pay for the treatment she needed, so she died. She died because she wasn't rich. There was nothing there to pick up where her finances left off. She stopped fighting, you know? Were you there when it happened? What do you mean? Were you with her when she died? She went in her sleep. I was there, but I was sleeping too, sitting on the couch, my reader blinking for a recharge. Grace came in to read her numbers before I woke up. She told me once I was awake. So, no. No, there wasn't a poignant last moment together. Just a dull realization that it was all over. That she was gone. I had kind of this moment where I realized that for as much as I would complain about my life, she had so many false starts and back-to-square-one moments, and, and I never really, really had to fight for much in my life. I was grateful for the blessing of my good fortune. It was the most horrible way to realize that my life had been so good. I have something to tell you. It may be difficult to take in. That our time is up? Far from it. You let me go really long, actually, like like 20 minutes over. What kind of a grief counselor lets a mourner go on like that? (laughs) It's five stages of grief, not 28. I'm not actually a grief counselor. (sighs) Then why have I been sitting here crying at you for over an hour? Again, this might be hard information to take on. Oh, no. You're a bill collector. Better. I was a friend of Alice's. I met her just before you did, at the time that she was being hired by Exoplanetary. I put a bug in her ear that I hoped would guide the traveler they created from her mind. Unfortunately, it really only did half the job. The travelers? But how could you know how things are going for them, all the way out there? Alice's traveler has returned to our solar system, Dorothy. She's come back to help her brothers fight the biggest threat humanity has ever known. What... What could that be? Your traveler. Dorothy, something terrible has happened. None of this makes sense. The travelers are still headed to another solar system light years from here. Look, I know you better than you know. You see, what happened to you happened to me, in a way. There was a woman who I watched grow up, and she became ill and died. But she came back. As an android. So I know that your mind went there, happy that Alice went on somehow, even if it would be impossible to see her again. But it's true, Dorothy. She's here, on the planet Earth, and she needs your help. You can see her again. On Earth? Yes. I got us a ship to fly us there. And by got, I mean borrowed without asking. And by fly, I mean that you're flying. I'm a horrible pilot. You must be out of your mind. No, Dorothy. Your traveler is. And if you don't come with me, billions may suffer and die. Everything that made Alice Wolverton the most important person in your life is in your grasp. And only you can help her. Are you in or not? You have been listening to Exoplanetary. Dying to Do Business, written by C. Christopher Hart, 
Performed by Melissa Schenter as Dorothy Green. Furiel Elliott as Alice Wolverton. Stephanie Lee as the doctor and the farmista. Winnie Hugh as Grace and the specialist. Danger Marshall as Dave. Produced by C. Christopher Hart. Original music provided by Jacob Jansen. Sound effects by Danger Marshall. This play, the characters, situations, and associated intellectual property. Copyright 2015 to 2018 by C. Christopher Hart. All rights reserved. Recorded in the Bigfoot Podcasting Studio, located at Ned Space in sunny Portland, Oregon.